Stephen Logan, the consumer lawyer at Logan Attorneys on the line to us from Johannesburg. Please explain this to me again, Stephen Logan, because you know I'm a bit slow on these things. Um, the, 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 the Credit Information Amnesty, what exactly is it? Well, Bruce, let me start by saying what it isn't, and then we can work from there. Right. It's not a write-off of any debt. In other words, everybody who owes money to credit providers still has to pay them the money that they are owed. What it is, however, is that if you've got a bad credit record, there are uh, certain pieces of information on your credit record that will be removed on a once-off basis, and then thereafter, if you make payment of any particular account where there's adverse information, the adverse information will be removed on payment, and any judgment that has been obtained through a court will be removed following payment. So uh, that is the heart of it, um, and it's, it has huge implications. Okay, we'll talk about the implications in just a second. But uh, practically, it, it seems like quite a clever piece of legislation because there is now an incentive for me to pay off my debt so that I can get my, my name cleared. Up until now, uh, even if I went through a long and painful process of paying off my debt, there was still a black mark against my name. Well, you're quite right. That is probably the largest driver um, in this thing from a consumer perspective. The idea is clearly to retain enough information in the payment profile section uh, to allow credit providers to accurately assess uh, their risk of default, but at the same time to incentivize consumers so that they can actually uh, have a reason um, to feel that they're actually they're going to get rewarded, um, which is what happens in many other countries worldwide, is that when you pay the debt, um, at least a portion of the negative information is removed. And that's what government is now effectively doing. Just give me a picture, please. Paint the picture for me as to what a page of negative information on me might contain. Okay. So your credit record, aside from your contact information and all that kind of stuff, has got four categories of information. The payment profile information is 24 to 36 months of information of how you've paid your account um, month by month, whether you've paid it or not. That remains unaffected. Um, the next category of information is where you have not paid for several months, depending on the rules of the credit provider, the collection policy of the credit provider, they will list adverse information. And that is a classification that is either uh, subjective, like an opinion, or it's enforcement type, um, which is um, an action that they've taken to try and get the debt back. And typically those uh, adverse information classifications are slow payer, absconded, uh, or bad debt written off, or card revoked, or handed over. That, that classification is going to be removed on a one-source basis. The other two types of information are judgment information and notice information. Judgment information is what a court has ordered um, in terms of repaying a particular debt, and then notice information usually reflects uh, sequestration, administration, debt counselling, or rehabilitation. That's the now, serious stuff. That, that, that's the, the serious stuff. That's where you've got so yourself into serious unaffected. trouble. That's unaffected. If you've been sequestrated, if you're under debt counselling, if you're under administration, that will remain as a clear warning that you are not legally entitled to credit. 
That seems perfectly sensible and, 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 and clear, well thought through there, Stephen. Yeah, I think, you know, it's quite balanced. What's happened is that a lot of people have, have got the idea that there will be no credit information, that there won't be any basis for credit providers to price and uh, work out what the risk of default is. And frankly, I mean, I think it's been disingenuous on the part of the people uh, who have been speaking because they, they're ignoring 24 to 36 months of public profile information mm. of month by month uh, non-payment or payment information, which is very detailed. And in addition, they're ignoring the fact that uh, you've got all of this other information that sits within every credit provider uh, that's part of their own record set. So it is, um, it's a very detailed uh, record set that any credit provider can use to make an informed decision. Taking your calls on 021-446-0567-011-8830702. Rodney in four ways. Uh, you've got a question for Stephen Logan this evening. Uh, let's get Rodney in four ways up. Uh, Rodney, your question for Stephen? Hi, uh, uh, Stephen. I'd just like to thank you for taking the call, first of all. Um, I'd like to uh, I'll prescribe debt. Would that fall into the, the, this category? Could they still bring up 10 years or 15 years or how far does it go back? Thank you, Rodney, in four ways. Stephen Logan, prescribed debt. Just explain this, please. This is debt um, that might otherwise have expired, but you've admitted it exists or something along those lines, Stephen. Well, prescribed debt is where you have a legal defense uh, not to pay a debt where you haven't admitted liability um, and there's been no legal action to collect the debt for more than three years. Now, in those circumstances, you can raise a defense called prescription, and, in the, and the court will not allow a person to collect a debt that they were originally owed if more than three years have elapsed and they haven't taken legal action within that three-year period. Now, unfortunately, there are many companies that specialize in collecting prescribed debt, debt that's older than three years. And the law is introduced because it's totally unfair to trick people into admitting liability um, and then to say, well, it's been 20 years since you owed this amount and all of these collection and interest costs are added and now it's no longer whatever it was but 15 times more. Mm. So the intention is to uh, outlaw that. But uh, what a lot of debt collection companies do is they trick people into admitting liability and to making some small payment. And then on that basis, the debt revives in law. And consequently, they're trapped into paying sometimes a debt that has elapsed many, many years uh, before. So, uh, so where does Rodney stand with prescribed debt then? Where, what, so what is the, the position here? So the position here is that with the new credit um, amendment bill, which is about to be signed into law by the president's gone through parliament, the collection of prescribed debt is outlawed. In fact, you're not allowed to um, revive what was previously dead. So um, the, the particular credit information amnesty doesn't deal with it because um, there's no, you're not allowed to list um, that kind of debt on the credit uh, bureau already. But in, the, in terms of trying to collect it, you are actually no longer even allowed to try to revive that debt going forward okay. once this law is uh, so, so Rodney would be in the clear then in terms of prescribed debt. Yeah. 
Okay. Absolutely. Great. So, um, Rodney in four ways, I hope that answers your question. Wiseman, we'll come to you in just a second. We've got Paddy in Parklands and Fanny Guguletu and Lee in the West Rand. Lots of questions for you this evening, Stephen Logan. We'll take as many of your calls this evening as we can get through tonight um, on 021-446-0567-011-883-0702. Do get your calls coming through to us as quickly as you can. Um, but, but, Stephen, when we look at it, you, you said that there would be implications of this legislation. Um, what is the broadest implication of the legislation, which on the surface seems terribly reasonable and, and quite logical? Well, the government um, is very worried about jobs and job creation, and they are particularly concerned that adverse information stands in the way of a job applicant. At the moment, the law says that you cannot use a credit record to bar a person uh, from getting a job unless they are in a position of trust and handling cash. Now, that's a position of trust and handling cash. And unfortunately, that's just uh, not how um, employment companies go, uh, you know, HR companies and the like. And and employers are are looking at credit records and distinguishing between candidates on that basis. So by removing this adverse information, which is in the public record set of, in other words, not a closed set of data, Um, Anybody who gets the credit record is entitled to see this adverse information. By removing that, they are effectively hoping to reduce the chances of that information being used to stop someone getting a job. Now, that's the number one driver from what uh, government has, has been on about trying to explain. That's really the heart of what they want to achieve. How does that then affect the, the rights of an, a potential employer in terms of knowing the good, bad, and the ugly of a potential employee? Well, I think that there are still cases where, um, for example, it is a matter of trust and uh, it will prejudice those employers um, who previously had that kind of information mm. and actually needed it. Unless they can see from the other kinds of information, like the payment profile, that there is a, a problem they will actually struggle. And the problem is that in many instances, those, those employers won't be able to see that information because the payment profile information is limited to members of the Credit Providers Association who are usually credit providers. So they will have to rely on notice and judgment information. And that is a flaw in, uh, for, those, for those employers. Okay, so that's, that's a big warning for us this evening, Stephen. Lee in Strubens Valley has got a question uh, for Stephen Logan this evening, who's the consumer lawyer at Logan Attorneys. Um, your question, Lee, hello. Uh, good evening, Stephen. Good evening, all. Stephen, I want to find out, with the information being cleared and so forth, how then does that uh, affect our credit rating? Would it improve it? Had we gone through the, the, uh, the whole process of getting our payments in order and so forth, is there upside to it? Laka, thank you, Lee and Strubens Valley. Stephen Logan, um, does it affect your credit rating? Does it make you appear more credit worthy? Uh, without doubt, it will improve your credit record and your credit rating. Um, whether or not you'll get credit is um, still uh, in doubt because getting credit is not just a matter of your credit score. It's to do with affordability. It's to do with other factors that come from your uh, credit application. But it will definitely enhance your uh, ability to get credit because your credit score will improve. Okay, so your credit score will improve, and so it will help you on that particular front. Uh, Paddy, in Parklands, uh, you're struggling for 30 years to get rid of a bad judgment, are you? 
No, no, not at all. I, I want Stephen just to, to explain to the to the listeners that there seems to be a misconception that if you haven't been chased up for three years, your debt is prescribed. The reality is that if you have a de- bad debt for judgment against you, that can be pursued by your creditor for 30 years. Okay, Paddy and Parkland, nothing is simple. Um, Stephen, uh, Paddy's comment, your, your thoughts? Yeah, Paddy is 100% correct. If legal action has been taken within that three-year period and judgment was obtained, then the judgment debt does not prescribe for 30 years. So for 30 years, that judgment debt can be collected until it too prescribes. Sure. I mean, that, that's a, a, a big burden. But again, if you incur debt, you do have a responsibility to pay it back, Stephen. I mean, regardless of how long it takes, um, you yeah. entered into an agreement and you borrowed money uh, whether you were foolish to do it or not, it really doesn't uh, make the slightest bit of difference. There is an issue here of morality. You borrowed money. You should be. You should pay it back. Look, that's the reality that people... Um, I don't know to what extent that's been eroded um, in our culture uh, because there's a large uh, number of people who uh, are not paying back their debt. But the reality is also that there are... Um, circumstances where people can't pay back their debt. So their moral obligation stands, and therefore there are certain remedies that have been brought in like debt counselling. Where we've got a question that came up on the radio late last week was um, the credit information amnesty. Is it automatic? Are you given this amnesty automatically in the, in the way in which you've described it, Stephen, or do you actually have to go through a process of applying for this amnesty, saying, I'm in trouble, I need to have some details expunged, please? The big benefit of this particular amnesty is that it's so different from what the government introduced in 2006-2007, where they tried to bring about a limited amnesty, but it had conditions attached and people had to apply. In this one, it's entirely up to the credit providers and credit bureaus to get their act together and remove this information. So they are required to go through an audit to confirm that they've done it, and the consumers don't have to do anything. Obviously, if you're proactive as a consumer, it will make sure that it and make sure that it is done. It would be helpful, but by and large, uh, the law requires the, the credit bureaus and credit providers to in, to in, to do the hard work for you. Okay, so here we've got a situation where 1st of April, um, the legislation comes into force, the credit information amnesty comes into force. Some details will disappear off your credit record. It will make you more credit worthy. Does it not then raise the risk of us taking this bubble that we already have in terms of consumer debt, Stephen, and inflating it even further? It absolutely does. But fortunately, the National Credit Regulator has been uh, engaging quite robustly with industry and has been working on a set of affordability assessment guidelines which are aimed to counter that very problem. So they are aiming to stop credit providers who have traditionally granted credit on the basis of the probability of default largely rather than on the basis of affordability. So now the credit regulator is saying, look, you have to find out whether this person can actually afford the credit that they want, not whether or not they will repay you. So um, on the basis of those affordability assessment guidelines, which are well underway and which should be published within April, um, there's a, a quite a large degree of, of hope that actually there won't be further bubble because 
there's already significant engagement around affordability. Are we in huge trouble as a country because of the levels of consumer debt? You and I have been talking about the subject for possibly the best part of the last decade, and, and things don't seem to have improved dramatically over that time. Lots more rules, lots more regulations, lots more guidelines, lots of really good ideas on how to deal with the problem, but the problem seems to expand all the time. The reality is that the National Credit Act uh, brought about um, a sea change in consumer law and particularly in the credit industry. And I think that it needs time and it needed um, a lot of uh, amendment and tightening up and improving. And the credit regulator has really um, started to do its work far more effectively. And so we're going to see some significant enhancements and improvements in the credit industry. I would say that uh, up to this point, it's really been a bad story. I mean, we may have been shielded from the very worst um, of the economic, global economic uh, recession and meltdown, but we've, we've suffered our fair share. Probably um, things are turning the corner now. I would definitely say we're, on, we're headed in the right direction. Stephen Logan, thank you so much. Consumer lawyer at Logan Attorneys. Let's talk to Neil Roots. He's the chief executive of Debt Rescue. Um, you're looking forward to tomorrow, Neil, with the, new, uh, with the new regime in place with the credit information amnesty? Hi, Bruce. Um, yes, we, we actually do because uh, we think um, that it would bring relief to a lot of consumers, um, especially those um, who apply for new jobs and um, perhaps also to, to rent a house. And uh, it would obviously um, not have the negative effect on them as it was the case in the past. We just hope that um, this time around the amnesty would be more successful than in uh, 2006 and 2007. And uh, like Mr. Logan just said, uh, you know, the amnesty this time around is quite different um, than, than in 2006 and 2007. Um, but the biggest problem that uh, we saw in 2006 and 7 is that a lot of the consumers were under the impression that uh, their debt will be written off. Yeah. And uh, not only the information. And uh, this is also the problem that we foresee now is that uh, we think that we feel that a lot of consumers don't realize that it's only the information that will be taken away, but not the actual debt. And uh, we actually had a, a poll at, at our company um, and, and tested this amongst our uh, clients. And a lot of them were under the impression that their debt will be written off. So there are a lot of hoops still to jump through on this particular one. Neil, do you see it being a bit of a shambles at first before things settle down in maybe uh, a month or two or three? Yes, um, I'm, I'm sure that in, in, in time and everything will, will run smoothly. Um, but I think in, in, in the beginning there will be some confusion, um, like in 2006 and 2007. I do feel that this time around, um, you know, the, the credit amnesty makes a lot more sense um, that than the previous time, um, but we do foresee some confusion. And uh, unfortunately, you know, the amnesty is not something that address over-indebtedness of, of consumers, and that's where the big problem lies for us as, as debt counsellors. Um, you know, people are so over-indebted, and that um, the, the, it's, it's just worsening um, by time. Um, you know, if you look at the stats of the credit, um, the national credit regulator, almost half of all credit active consumers are over indebted. And unfortunately, the credit amnesty is not going to address the over indebtedness. Neil Roots, that's the problem we still have to live with, the chief executive of Debt Rescue. Before that, Stephen Logan, the consumer lawyer at Logan Attorneys.